0: Everybody, welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Bo Britton I'm your host. It is Thursday, June the twenty fourth. We are going to break down top ten, the top ten wide receivers in the NFL with our good friend Jared Dubin. Dubs, What is up, buddy? Hey, man. Um,
1: this exercise was impossible. Like, really? Like, yeah. Like, oh, okay. So this is this is what I had in the list. If you're making a top 10 receivers list in 2021, then I'm going to go in alphabetical order so we don't spoil anything. Mm-hmm. At least 12 of the following players will not be on the list. Okay. Devont- Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham, AJ Brown, Amari Cooper, Stefan Diggs, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Terry Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin. DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, and Robert Woods.
0: Right, at least twelve of those names will not be on the list. Cannot be on the list. At least twelve and as you did read <laughs> that straight from your story, which is fine. Yeah. That's what I would do too. But as you point out, that also includes you know, Robbie Anderson we're gonna make a board we make it, but Kenny Galladay, Devontae Parker, you know, young guys like C D Lamb and Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, T. Higgins, they they can't be on it. You yeah. know? I mean it's or, or any of the rookies that could, you know,
1: distinguish themselves this year. Like, Justin Jefferson wasn't on the list last year, but, you know, spoiler alert, he's on it this year. Yeah, good for you. Uh, like, you know, like it it's not impossible that one of these rookie wide receivers has, you know, like, I wouldn't say the same season. He just set the rookie record for receiving yards, but it's not impossible that one of them looks like a star right away.
0: Yeah. And it's sort of like the list we looked at with Cody Benjamin on Tuesday, where with quarterbacks i started looking his list i said man cody yeah no matthew stafford no uh he's missing somebody else it made me mad and i started looking at you just looking at you like, oh okay you really only have two slots to fill there's eight guys that just have to be on the list it just cannot be not on the list unless you want to do something with deshaun watson where you don't include him because you don't know what his status is and then next year you're gonna look stupid if he plays all 16 games so I think it's probably something similar here with the wide receivers. Where yeah,
1: I had five guys that were definitely like you could not convince me to take them off, mm-hmm. and then seventeen guys or eighteen if fill, with Holiday to to fill five
0: spots. That's tough to do. So I guess let's start with who didn't make the list. Um, who, who, was the, who was the hard? What was the last? Who's the last man off for you? So I, I, at one point considered eight different
1: guys for the number 10 spot. Okay. Um, and I had, I think six of them in the spot and then actually erased it and changed my mind <laughs> at one point. Um, so I had at one point, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, and Michael Thomas. Julio Jones th- is not on this list Julio jo- for, for 2021 only that's the that's the prompt is top 10 receivers for 2021
0: okay um and so this is not as so much a i'm you're rewarding last year's projecting forward. right it's that's different basically sure. like
1: the thing it most you know top 10 receivers for the 2021 season so it's like you know you watch their film it's a statistical look at you know how they've performed in their current role how long they've been in that current role so we know what to expect. You know, the context around their performance, like who's their quarterback? Who's their play caller? What's their offensive scheme? Do they have competition for targets and touches? Like, you know, are they efficient at, in terms of, you know, yards per route run at turning their targets into first downs, at creating explosive plays? Are, you know, are they injured or injury prone? All di- all these different things, like what what age are they? You know, a guy who's 32 is probably you know more likely to decline in production than a guy who's 24, sure. for example. And a guy who has been in a scheme for two years already is more likely to see success in that scheme than a guy who is in his first year in that scheme, for example. Now,
0: for you know, instance, with Julio Jones, yeah. if you were simply rating this on raw physical ability, Julio Jones is on the list. Yeah. But he's going from Matt Ryan – who throws the ball seven thousand times because the Falcons have a crappy defense and no real run game to Ryan Tannehill, who in twenty twenty had to you know he, he only started twelve games in, in twenty nineteen, but then twenty twenty you know there we, uh, no pass rush, no defense, they're throwing it all over the place. He had four hundred eighty one passing attempts. There's just less pass attempts to go around in Tennessee and Atulio's first year there, and he's competing with AJ Brown, who spoilers probably on the list, which also would Calvin Ridley have made this list if Julio Jones was still in Atlanta spoiler as well Calvin Ridley we'll yeah i mean that. i
1: don't know it's it's tough to say like i think julio's to on the list if he stays in atlanta yeah i think probably i mean the age concern is still and the injury concern is still something cuz you know he has had injuries these past couple of years and like played and played hurt to his credit i think um he's obviously really productive when he's on the field this will be his age 32 season coming up not every player remains productive going deep into their 30s you know not everybody's larry fitzgerald who was you know quite good until he was like 34 years old or something like that um granted julio is a physical outlier to the extreme if anybody is going to do it it's probably him but the combination of volume going to a new team having a lot of competition, them probably wanting to manage his reps so he does stay healthy, being on a run-focused offense for the most part. um, That combination is just like, you know what? I think I feel a little bit better about Michael Thomas being more productive this year because he is the only game in town in New Orleans. He's going to get a gazillion targets just like he has over the last few years. I think they're going to... Like They're going to want to throw less, but I think they're going to throw more because they're not going to be as efficient as they've been in the past. They're going to turn the ball over more often than they have in the past. Their roster, I think, has been thinned out a little bit just because of all the guys they've had to cut ties with due to their cap issues. Like He's going to get, assuming he stays healthy, which he did up until last year, he's going to get... 150 160 targets. Right. Julio Jones is not. Like no. You know, so you know, Amari Cooper is produced at a ridiculously high level since being in Dallas, but not on the same volume as Michael Thomas is going to get. Evans and Godwin last year, they were both targeted on 19% of their routes that they ran. That's just not nearly as high as as Michael Thomas and like maybe you want to say one of them or the other is a better player they possibly are but they're not going to get force-fed the ball nobody on 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 Tampa is except maybe Antonio Brown for some reason you know like Lockett (laughs) and and Thielen are probably going to be supplanted as the number one receivers on their own teams you know can I really count on them for more production than Michael Thomas, you know, R- Alan Robinson is going to have Andy Dalton for half the year, probably maybe the whole year. If you listen to Matt Nagy, you know, that's so that, there's just all these different reasons. I think that led me back to Thomas as being the guy that I wanted to put there. Yeah. And that's and- not just like, I could make a whole nother list of 10 guys and still have like six guys that i am being like, how is that guy not on the list? Like, go look at this list of receivers and go make a top 10 list
0: so I can complain about who's not not on it. Like, it's ridiculous. The, the one argument I think I would have just pushing back a little bit on Julio versus Michael Thomas. And I, I agree with you. I do think Michael Thomas is much more likely to to. Top 125 targets than Julio is. You know, AJ Brown led the target led the Titans last year with 106, but they're losing Corey Davis and John U. Smith, which mm-hmm. frees up 157 targets in Tennessee. I mean that's, yeah, that's I not taking
1: to get every single one of them. Like if he I mean, does, then I'm gonna look pretty dumb. Um, but right. I, I think it's I think AJ Brown's gonna see more than 106 this year. Agreed. You know, um they're obviously gonna mix in Ferkser more with John U. Smith not being there. Sure. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, and, those targets are to a tight end. That doesn't necessarily equate to Julio Jones soaking them up. Yeah, and I
1: do think, like, I think that there, it, this is a team that fancies itself a Super Bowl contender, I think, and it is way more important that Julio Jones be healthy in December, January, and February than it is that he plays 100% of the snaps in September and gets 10 targets in every game. Sure. You know, like... I think they'll tell him that. Yeah, like, I, I think, as a football player you got to have him on the, like, I think he, when he played still ranked like third or fourth in the league and routes run last year or something like that. And, and that was, you know, a season where he was hurt all year. Like the dude is the best receiver of his generation, a no doubt first ballot hall of famer. Like I just, this particular year, because of a combination of factors, I can see 10 wide receivers being more productive than him.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. And again, you're projecting forward for 2021. Yeah. They need to get they need to get everybody on the same page in these top 10 lists because you know is you
1: that know. not what everybody else did? Because I did it differently last year, and yes. then everybody else did like we're doing it for the next season. So I switched this year. Cody, I
0: felt like Cody wasn't necessarily projecting, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't,
1: maybe I was, last maybe year maybe I tried hard. to be like talent agnostic, and people were like, "How do you have Keenan Allen above Mike Evans or whatever it was?" And I was like, you know, because I just think he's, like, a little bit better.
0: Like, yeah. He's really <laughs> a really good player. What do you complain about? Kira? Yeah.
1: And, like, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Goblin, probably two of the – like, I don't even know if they're two of the ten most talented receivers. One of those dudes league. is
0: ten, one of the ten most talented guys in football, but the problem is they're not going to get the volume because they have Antonio Brown and they have Robert Gronkowski, and, the, you know, they, they have each and other.
1: Brady's not going to force feed anybody. And, like, you know, Amari Cooper could be passed as the number one receiver on his team like Julio probably won't be the number one receiver in Tennessee, just because he's not going to have as much chemistry with Ryan Tannehill as AJ Brown already does. He doesn't have as much experience in the offense as AJ Brown already does. And he's a lot older than AJ Brown. So he's probably going to play less snaps, you know, like there's a lot of factors and like, I didn't want to leave Julio Jones <laughs> off the list. I didn't want to leave Mike Evans or Amari Cooper or Chris Godwin or Tyler Lockett <laughs> off the list like I just kind of think that these 10 guys are in a little bit better position to succeed in terms of their production that doesn't mean those guys you know won't be quote-unquote better football players or their teams won't win more or anything like that like I I think most of those guys teams are going to win more games than Michael Thomas's team I think every one of their teams might win more games than Michael Thomas's team especially if their quarterback by Jameis who's going to turn the ball
0: over a ton but, maybe, hey, really but like, on the other hand, maybe Sean Payton fixes Jameis. There's good buzz about him right now in many camps. And I know nobody wants to believe that. I understand it. I, you can't do Jameis, is unfixable. Sean Payton's a, if, if you're going to trust one person to make Jameis Winston <laughs> more efficient, it would be Sean Payton. And, and it's so, it's more I,
1: about that he went to Florida State for me. So nobody's fixing oh, right. that about him. But look how productive Mike, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were when, when Jameis was on their team because they had to throw a gazillion times. Absolutely that might happen for Michael Thomas who was already getting like 150 160 targets even
0: more than that he had like 140 catches a couple of years ago like uh Keenan Allen you mentioned he's at number 9 and you know that the chemistry quoting you the chemistry he instantly developed with Justin Herbert was marvelous and the duo should benefit from not uh not Anthony Lynn yes not Anthony Lynn basically yeah.
1: I mean they're they're bringing in Joe Lombardi who's their new offensive coordinator and I was reading yesterday that So Jared Cook was with the Saints with Joe Lombardi and now is with the Chargers. And he said that they're bringing a lot of the Saints passing game with them, but then like more of like a Shanahan style zone running game. And I think if you could design an NFL offense that you want for 2021, that might be it. Like, you know,
0: passing with the Kyle Shanahan run game, yeah, yeah. And and just look
1: at Keenan out, like, he is so consistent ever since he got like he had those two seasons where he played whatever it was like seven or eight total games. Or whatever. It, well, remember,
0: he was abusing Marcus Peters in week one against the Oh, Chiefs. my God. He had like, him. like yeah. running him out of the stadium bad, and he tore his ACL, and then he was done for the year. And that was
1: the year after he had, like, a ruptured spleen the yep. year before when he was on pace for, like, 130 catches. And yep. then the, the last four years, he's caught 102, 97, 104, and 100. Despite last year, he only played 14 games. Like, right now it's either him or Stefan Diggs in terms of the best route runner yeah. in the league, in my opinion. And like, he's going to get a lot of volume on a good offense with a good offensive coordinator with a quarterback who looked awesome last year. And like, it's not like Mike Evans is going to get a ton more targets. or Mike, Mike, Williams. Mike, yeah. Mike Williams or, or Jared cook or Donald Parham are going to be stealing Keenan Allen's targets. Yeah. He's another guy who's going to get 150, 160 targets this year. Like, that dude is going to have a hundred plus catches. Like I would assume he'll get over a thousand yards this year because their offensive line won't be such that you have to throw a two yard pass on every play. They signed Corey Lindsley. They drafted Rashawn Slater. You know, they, they brought in Matt Filer. Now like they've completely overhauled their offensive line in two years. Like that's going to be a really good offense. He's the number one receiver. He's a really, really, really consistent option. And he's just an incredible, incredible football player. Like,
0: Well, and the combination of guys that they have with him and Cook Williams, and then Guyton, who they really like as a speed threat. Yeah, Keenan is going to work underneath and let those guys sort of you know take the top off, so to speak. I mean, Mike Williams is more of a vertical receiver, a deep play threat. You know, a big explosive downfield uh, rebound receiver. Jalen Guyton is is a deep threat. He averages something in the range of thirty yards per catch. And Keenan, Keenan had, I think it's uh. Ten games with ten targets or more last year. He had uh, three games with ten catches or more. He just he like Diggs. He can put up these massive numbers without having to take some Tyreek Hill seventy yard touchdown catch because he's just eating you up underneath and and he gets open on those slants. He gets open on the curls. He gets open on the outs. He, he just rips people up with his route running and he, and it's easy for you know Justin Herbert. Justin, I mean you were right. Like they they came together immediately yeah as soon as herbert got under center he started just feeding keenan allen and there's no reason to think that it won't be more of that this year
1: yeah some of it might have been because you know their their second best short passing game option eckler was out for sure a few weeks but if you're gonna throw a short pass it's better to throw it like eight yards downfield than one yard downfield um so that's keenan allen yep and um, um He's just awesome. Like if I had to choose like a wide receiver to watch just in terms of the way he goes about his business, it's like it's him, it's Diggs, it's him and it's Diggs. the next guy on the list.
0: Oh, the next guy on the list. Nice nice segue, dudes. The next guy on the list who we're actually going to com- we're going to combine with two other young wide receivers, Justin Jefferson at number 8, the second-year wide receiver out of uh, LSU, playing for the minnesota vikings and then aj brown and calvin ridley at seven and six those guys kind of go hand in hand as well feel free to talk about jefferson who's just he each he he's a great route runner too and a lot of people said he would only be good as a slot receiver that was patently false he's just a great wide receiver
1: yeah so i i remember having a discussion uh, before, or not really a discussion, just like a, a quick one-off conversation before the draft last year with uh, with Jeff Kavanaugh from from Dallas about the the top wide receivers in the draft, and you know he said the same thing about Jefferson, like what if he's only a slot guy? And my thing was, and he he liked Jefferson a lot, to be clear. And my thing was, like I had him as my third favorite receiver in the draft last year. My thing was like if he's only good in the slot, put him in the slot and let him cook guys. You know, like yeah. like just just let him get those free releases from the slot. And he did it, it turns out he didn't even necessarily need that cuz he's just he's ridiculous. Um I think he is the the spiritual heir to Keenan Allen and Stefan Diggs and like the always open club just because of how good he is at shaking guys off the line and shaking guys at the break and then attacking the ball at the point of the catch. I mean, he didn't he didn't enter the starting lineup until week three. He didn't hit a 90% snap rate until week 10, and he still set the all-time record for rookie receiving yards. And, you know, he was targeted more often in terms of a percentage of his routes than Thielen last year, and I think it's likely – the gap is likely to widen this year just because of their respective ages. And that's not to say Thielen isn't still really good. He obviously is. But, you know, to for him to remain effective throughout the year and as he gets older, it's better for Jefferson to take on more of the the target share, you know? So, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. He already he already went for 88, 1407 last year, despite not really being a full-time player for most of the year. Like he's got a quarterback who's efficient and accurate, an offense that puts guys in position to succeed. It's not the highest volume passing offense, but it's really, really efficient. And you know, the the pieces that made him as good as he was last year are all still there. And I just think he's an incredible, incredible player who is only going to take on a larger share of the offense as he moves forward.
0: So Ridley and AJ Brown are really the two that we should combine it. it, it you have a uh, Brown at seven Ridley at six. Yeah. And those guys are, you can combine because of the Julio Jones factor. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it, that's kind of the tiebreaker. AJ Brown is one of my favorite five players in the NFL. Oh my honestly, God. He's, he's just such a grown Maybe I'm stealing from the established run guys. We've been saying he's just such a grown ass man. Yeah, he is. The,
1: like, takes the over. crazy thing is like he's not Julio Jones size. You know, like no. he looks that big, but I think he's only like six one. You know, um, and he's just such a physically dominant player, a- and in such a low volume passing ob- offense, for him to produce as much as he has is absurd you know look at his efficiency 2.66 yards per route run during his two seasons second in the NFL only guy ahead of him is Michael Thomas who you know obviously missed most of last year I mean he's a a downfield threat and a run after catch threat 23 percent of his targets turned into 20 yard gains or more touchdown on 10 percent of his targets like and, like, yes, Julio Jones is coming there, but that just means A.J. Brown's going to play in even more space than he did mm-hmm. over these last couple of years. Like, 70, 10, 75, and 11 on only 106 targets last year. Missed a couple games because of the the COVID restrictions and played injured and a few others. Like, the dude is outrageous. Um,
0: the only knock, A.J. Brown is that... Julio Jones is showing up and yeah, but like I, I, said, I, don't think, I don't think that's a problem necessarily for and you And it's not like Corey Davis didn't get targeted
1: a lot last year and wasn't correct. Straight. Corey Davis was third in the NFL in yards per route run last season. You know, um, like he, he was really good. He was targeted quite often. Um, like obviously Julio Jones is a more talented player, but, Look at the production they got out of Corey Davis last year, and if Julio Jones does that, I think you're very happy. Like, I, I you know what? I, I want to look it up because I want to be able to say the exact line that
0: Corey For Davis. Or Corey Davis. It was. I think it's a uh, 92 targets ahead of a second ago in only 14 games. Um,
1: 92 targets, 65, 984, and five. Like, obviously you would expect Julio to do more than that, but that like in terms of number two receivers, that's quite good, especially on the volume that he had, like 71% catch rate, 15 yards per catch. Like, and it's not like this is, again, you said it earlier, they only threw 480 times last year, you know, like 92 targets. That's a 19% target share. Like, you know, it's, it's a lot. And Brown only had 106 targets, you know? They just
0: don't throw a ton. I mean, they're going to be a run first team.
1: But I think what Brown has shown is that even if they don't throw a ton and even if he doesn't get the ball a ton, like you've seen in his two years, like he's just such an explosive player. It's, you know what? It's kind of like, it's like the early years of Tyreek Hill in Kansas City where it just doesn't matter like it, it doesn't matter that it's Alex Smith and they're maybe not throwing that much. Like he's just such an explosive player that he is going to put up.
0: You don't need to catch the ball 40 yards down the field. He's going to, he's right. if you if you get the ball in space, he's going to just take off and destroy right. people.
1: And then you go to Ridley, like he's going to get
0: like, he had got, he got 143 targets last year. Yeah. With he Julio Jones there. Targets this year, honestly. Yeah. And like, I mean, all they have is all they have is Russell Gage and Kyle Pitts. Who, of course, generational talent. I get it, but he's still a rookie tight end. Yeah. He
1: like no tight ends get 150 targets. First of all, yeah. rookie tight ends especially don't get that. Kyle Pitts obviously is an outlier of all outliers. But even if he takes over all of Julio Jones's work, there's still 150 targets left for Calvin Ridley. Like,
0: yeah. He's he's going to have a bond. If he plays 16 games, he may be the favorite to lead the league in receiving yards just because of the yeah, –
1: Their the defense is court. not good. No. Like, you know, um, they're going to throw a ton. Matt Ryan has shown that he will target one guy over everybody else in the past. Um, he's a ridiculously good football player, both – in the slot and on the outside in short yardage and intermediate down the field, like he went 90, 13, 74, and nine last year. Um, and, and he should only get more volume. You would think not that he can really get all that much more, but you know, he, he might be one of the guys that gets into the 160, 170 target range.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Deandre Hopkins checks in at five. I'm going to mention five, four, and three here because uh, Stefan, I mean, excuse me, DK Metcalf is at four, but then Stefan Diggs is at three. And you, you note that those are the two guys who changed teams in the offseason, traded. Both guys traded. It and both, you know, you could say that the Cardinals should have made the playoffs and probably would have if Kyler Murray hadn't gotten injured midway through the season for like four or five games. The Bills, of course, had an incredible season. And as much as they changed teams and, you know, didn't didn't miss a beat and dominated, they also changed their teams. Oh, yeah. Both DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs, I think, are important to group together because Stefan Diggs helped to fuel Josh Allen's breakout. I don't th- I think Josh Allen could have been great anyway, but getting Diggs in there to help launch him and, and to give him that, you know, they were am- we talked to Stefan Diggs about this this offseason, actually. He was a friend of the podcast, Stefan Diggs. And he pointed out that he and Josh Allen were just immediately on the same page from a standpoint of knowing like looking at coverage understanding when teams are playing man, understanding to where teams are playing zone and how to adjust their routes and the play calls and what they wanted to run and, and the and the throws that he wanted to make and the in the routes Diggs wanted to run. They got on the same page almost immediately. And you could say the same thing about Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, I think.
1: Yeah. So it's it's very rare for wide receivers that right. change teams in the offseason to have the type of seasons that these guys had last year. You know, Hopkins 115, 1407 and six Diggs. 83, 13 or no, sorry, that's Metcalf. Diggs, yeah. one twenty-seven, led the league in catches and yards, hundred and twenty-seven catches, fifteen hundred and thirty-five yards, eight touchdowns. Like and, and to be clear, Hopkins is at, is five, DK Metcalf four, and uh Stephon Diggs three. Yes.
0: Which I, I don't know problem um, with. I just felt like that Hopkins and Diggs needed to be Yeah, no, no, no. I I agree with you. Like we talk a lot about
1: quarterbacks making players on their team better or making their teams better not a lot of people i think talk about wide receivers making their quarterbacks better um or making their teams better mostly because it's extremely difficult for a wide receiver to do that they're just not in generally in position to make everybody else better just because of how much of their game is beat the guy in front of you or read the defense to get to a spot and it's very it's a very individual position
0: it's and, and also it. dependent on the quarterback you know like yes
1: but I do think there are cases where guys can elevate their quarterbacks with what they do. And I think, I think all three of these guys actually do it. it. It was more obvious because Hopkins and Diggs changed teams and their quarterbacks were able to take a step forward. Like the Cardinals throw a lot. They always throw to Hopkins. I know they brought in AJ green this year. Um, and they that's still have they, away from Hopkins targets here right. They still have you know Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella and maybe uh maybe Larry Fitz comes back. we still don't know. but you know, I think the only thing that kept Hopkins out of the top four is just his declining yards per catch and explosive plays over the last few years. That was a you know a big part of his game in the early years in Houston that's just it's not gone, but it's not as prevalent as he's become more of a we're going to use him in short yardage and we're going to use him to move the chains and it it racks up, you know, his catch numbers even more in his target numbers. But, you know, last year uh, and the year before he was down like 11, 12 yards per reception as opposed to 13, 14, 15. And like, you know, you compare that to someone like, like Metcalf or Diggs, it's just a little bit less. um, you know, Metcalf, I want, I want to go through some, some of, uh, some of these stats because they're really outrageous. He's um, ridiculous. so he, he, he got up to a 92% snap rate last season, which is, you know, he's a full-time player, full stop. Now he's six four, two hundred and twenty nine 229 pounds. I think he's like, can you name a more athletic player than him in the NFL?
0: Mm, julio jones <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah
1: maybe i would say peak julio jones is probably like the comparison in terms of like size and athleticism uh combination and despite being targeted on only 19 of his routes last year he went for 83 1303 and 10 he averaged 2.06 yards per route run and elite like if you're over two you're in elite territory He turned 22% of his targets into explosive gains, 51% of (laughs) his targets into first downs. Like, and I think Russell Wilson, because of the way he likes to play, likes to take shots down the field, likes to let plays develop for a long time.
0: He's a perfect compliment to Russell Wilson, honestly.
1: Right, like Lockett is, in terms of like the freelance game, really, really good for Wilson. Metcalf, just because of the physicality, he knows if he puts a ball up in the air, like Metcalf is coming down with it and he's not letting the defensive back come down with it. The combination of his physicality, his speed, his ability to win the ball at the point of the catch, like it's just so tough. And like you would think dude, like he's going to be 24. He doesn't turn 24 until December. This will be Lockett's age 29 season. So you would think that, again, Metcalf is going to take over a larger share of the offense even this year. And they're talking about, like, every team wants to play faster in the offseason, but it would be difficult for the Seahawks to play slower. And Shane Waldron is coming in, and every single player, all they're talking about at minicamp is the tempo. Tempo, tempo, tempo. Like, uh, I, I've lost count of the number of times you've guys. Have t- well,
0: have well if you're going to make Russell Wilson happy and the only thing you add is Gabe Jackson and you don't end up going and, you know, going out and get all these other people, then you play up-tempo with a new offensive coordinator. You're going to make Russ happy. Yeah, Pete Carroll wants to
1: establish the run. We know they're going to have, you know, a diverse run game. Chris Carson is going to be a big part of their offense and especially like Rashad Penny, apparently still having lingering uh, issues with the, whatever the, I think it was a, a knee injury that he had that they kept him out for a lot of last year. But so Chris Carson is going to be a big part. Maybe, maybe even Travis Homer and DJ Dallas and whatever other uh, Miami running back that they want to draft at some point. Right. But, they're going to be an explosive passing offense. Metcalf is the most explosive pass catcher on the team. And you would think that his target share is only going to grow. Like he's just in such a great position to succeed attached to one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's going to be really, really good.
0: The final two guys on the list. Not surprising, really. We Let's, let's talk Stefan Diggs for a couple seconds. Okay. okay. Um, I, I mean, look, i for again, friend of the podcast, I thought he had the best season of any wide receiver in the NFL last year. He's he's amazing, man. Like, just, I, I know
1: it's not necessarily like fun to go watch guys run routes, but if you can get your hands on all twenty-two film and watch Stephon Diggs what it's, he does, it's amazing. Like, I don't know if he has the best releases in the league because I think Keenan Allen still does, but I mean, an absolute technician short routes, intermediate routes, deep routes. You saw it last year, especially in the playoffs where he was like where Cole Beasley was hurt and so much more of it was digs. Um the dude is an outrageous talent.
0: Yeah. He's cra- I mean he's crazy. Like he just he you theoretically know what he's gonna do off the line because but he you you watch these guys and he'll he's got this like the quick step and he gets inside then cuts outside and whichever way he's going and Josh Allen knows it's coming, he just you know he'll get open on a slant. There's just nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah, and, and if we you know try to take inside
0: gonna... leverage away from him, he'll just beat you outside. And, and so we kn- we know he's going to get a
1: ton of volume in a very high volume passing offense, and a and a up tempo offense. So it's a team that throws more than expected, more than most teams in the league. That runs a lot of plays, and he is going to get. The most targets on that team, like, at John Brown's gone. I know they run Emmanuel Sanders, but um, it's not like Sanders is going to eat into Diggs, you know?
0: No, <laughs> no, he's not. All right, the top two guys: Tyreek Hill checking at number two, and Devonte Adams at number one. No surprise. And look, I said that you know um, that Diggs had the best year of any wide receiver in the NFL, and he led the league in catches and receiving yards. So That's not a crazy case. But Devonte Adams, I mean, we saw Tyreek Hill too. Excuse me. I jumped ahead of my damage. Tyreek Hill, as you point out, the most, simply the most explosive player in the NFL finished with 87 catches, 1,276 yards and 15 touchdowns. I mean, he's competing with Travis Kelsey for targets and he still has a, you know 135 and puts up monster numbers every week. And he had that one, we have a hundred, like 225 receiving yards before half or something like that.
1: Yeah. That was against the Bucks.
0: Yeah, that's right. That was against the box.
1: Yeah. And he had three touchdowns before. half. Like, so, I mean, he had 87, 12, 76, and 15 last year. That's basically, like, his average season uh, since he's been a starter. His 16-game receiving line during that time is 85 catches, 1,324 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Like, more than 20% of his targets turn into explosive gains, 9% turn into touchdowns, 68% catch rate, 2.36 yards per route run. That's third in the league over the last four seasons. Like, he's attached to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like, they have ridiculous chemistry. He's going to get the ball a gazillion times. He's going to score a million touchdowns. He's going to create so many explosive plays. Like, you know, there are things he needs to work on off the field, to be sure. For sure. Um, Strictly from a
0: football perspective, there is no argument that Tyreek Hill is not an absolute elite level athlete and football player.
1: Yeah, I mean, the dude does things that, I wouldn't say necessarily nobody else can do, but very few people
0: in the league can do. There is there is not another receiver with the combination of what Tyreek Hill has.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason the Chiefs have been willing to overlook
0: a lot of things, you know? Yep, for sure. Uh, number one, Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, look... Um, maybe we, <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play this year, maybe he doesn't... Yeah. Yeah, um, this list, but I
1: don't think that the Packers have really given us any reason to believe that he won't. I I know that he keeps saying that he's done, but you know, he has enough money to hold out for the entire season and, and push for a trade again next year. But you know what? He only has so many years left to win a Super Bowl. The Packers have the talent to win one of them, and it is really hard to turn down $22 million to play football. That's what he gets in base salary and roster bonuses this season. um, I don't see him doing it right. Maybe he proves me wrong, but I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play for them. And if he does like Adams, Adams is going to be the top receiver for the reigning MVP. He's like the most targeted receiver in the league in terms of the percentage of times he, that he runs a route and then gets the ball 28% over the last three years. 71.5% 71.5% catch rate during that time, 8% touchdown rate. Like the league average touchdown rate over the last three years is 4.7%. Adams is 8.3%.
0: It's he was, we <laughs> joked about it on the podcast all the time. He was free money on the first touchdown prop every oh my week. I mean, it they, probably hit, it, feel, it felt like it hit. I don't know. Well, he scored 18 touchdowns, so right. you know it hit a bunch. Like, yeah, I mean, and he was just Rogers' go-to guy in
1: the red zone. In in every situation, anytime they got into short yardage, he was throwing that quick smoke screen to Devontae Adams. Why not? They they made I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been against the Bucks, and and it might have been um, Sean Murphy bunting or Jamel Dean. I can't remember who it was. They made him look. As as stupid as I've ever seen a quarterback look on a play. And granted, the Bucks got the last laugh, obviously, but um oh my god. The the, the things that they did to defenses were just mean. Um and have been doing to defenses for so long. I, I did um not this past year, the year before, like a, a series of stories on the top quarterback wide receiver tandems. I went through, like, at the time, Watson Hopkins, Brady Edelman, uh, Rogers Adams, Prescott Cooper, Mahomes Hill, um, all these different guys. And, I mean, watching the two of them go to work is, it's it's outrageous just because of Rogers' combination of arm strength and accuracy and ability to throw off-platform from all different angles, like, and just the way Adams is able to set up his routes, post corners, things like that. Like it's it's different than watching Tyree Kill, who a lot of times is able to to run guy run by guys or run away from guys. And it's different than, you know, Diggs or Allen who are such technicians, Technician, but don't right. they don't have necessarily like they're they're big guys and they can overpower guys. It's like they don't have the physicality that Adams
0: has. Um, if, if when you watch Adams run his routes, it's it's not like he's sloppy, but there is he doesn't need to be quite as technical as Diggs and Keenan because he's so big and strong, and so it's this blend of physicality and, and technician that makes him who he is, yeah. and he can high point stuff in the end zone. I mean, he's he's a very very difficult guy to yeah, defend. And it's not like it's not. You know, I know the Bills and you know, the Chiefs. The Chiefs have multiple people, and you know I get that the you know my point being said everyone knew the ball was going to Adams and it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter. He got open. He was just, Rogers are feeding the ball anyway. Yeah. It's,
1: it's not quite Julio because he's not the the level of athlete that Julio was and is, but I mean, man, like he's special. Remember that first season that he played for the Packers and he was like a drop machine and it was like, Oh my God, what's going to happen with this guy. And now Um, he's just the best,
0: the best wide receiver in football.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's also like, I I can't hear like I never want to hear about the you know Rogers has never thrown a touchdown to a first round wide receiver again. Like they drafted <laughs> Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, uh, all these guys were second round picks. Yeah, like who cares that they weren't first? round They
0: weren't the thirty second overall pick. It doesn't matter. They were missing than someone. In there.
1: They had James Jones. They had uh, yeah. was Donald Driver was still playing at the beginning. Greg Jennings. Rogers. Greg Jennings, like they've had all these really good wide receivers. Who cares that they weren't picked
0: in the first round? Yeah. Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams are better than all. Uh, good luck finding. You a- to throw to Nikhil Harry? Like- <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, Nikhil Harry's first round pick. You want Jonathan Baldwin? Is that who you want? Is it first round pick? What do you want? <laughs> oh, right. man. Um. All right, dude. It was a great list. Good stuff. Excellent breakdown. Deep yeah, dive what- into these. Okay. Feel free to criticize the
1: list, by the way. Like, you know, you could absolutely make arguments for like, again, I think like at least 12 more guys could reasonably be on the list over at least five of the guys on this list.
0: By the way, I'm looking like, at the list on CBSports.com right now. I find this amusing. It's um there's a, a, like a Google ad, but it's for, it's for Ole Miss. I don't even know what it is, but it's just hilarious that, you know, cause it's, Devonte, I mean uh uh AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, and I think that's it for guys on the from the old mistrain, right?
1: Yeah, I mean it's not like I put Eli Manning
0: on there. So Or Elijah Moore. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, mean, just, I love Elijah people. Moore.
1: Like Justin Jefferson was my guy last year, Elijah Moore is my guy this year.
0: Love Elijah Moore.
1: I, I love him, man. And the reviews out of Jets Camp are uh yeah. are unbelievable.
0: All right, I'll get you out of here on this. If you had to pick somebody who's not on the list that you're confident you'll be forced to put on the list next year, who would it be? Oh, that I'm
1: confident I will be forced to put on next year?
0: I would so say like, that it's Terry McLaurin.
1: Terry McLaurin's a good one. Um, DJ Moore maybe is another good one. Or I think like guys like... Um, oh, C.D. Lamb could be on C.D. Lamb could be one of the guys that jumps up. Um, Chase Claypool, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Yeah. For sure, um, one of the rookies. Um, like I could easily see the Bucks receivers, or the Rams receivers, or D- Julio Jones making me look pretty dumb. Um, sure, the, any number of guys could. Yeah, Teddy Galladay. Um, if if um, Daniel Jones, if Daniel Jones takes one. a step forward, like yeah. there's again, this was an impossible exercise. I've had a I had a tougher time this year than in any previous year doing this list because there is so much wide receiver talent out there right now.
0: It's crazy. Um, All right, man, good stuff. As always, thanks for hopping on. We will uh, talk to you soon, pal. Thanks for having me, man. Good time.